Today on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I'll be sharing my soundtrack panel from Planet Comic Con 2019. I'll be sharing the audio of myself and Tim Benson. We'll discuss soundtrack's role in nerdy movies. It's revamped and it's never the same, and it starts now. Hello, I am your host, Randy Andrews, and today on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I've got Tim Benson with me for the 20th anniversary of Planet Comic Con. We had an opportunity to do a panel at the convention, and it's of course, Soundtrack's role in nerdy movies. This time, it's been revamped, it isn't the same material, and we use music more frequently. I hope you enjoy it, and afterwards, I'll share a few of the pieces of music from the panel so you get the full effect of the film music genre. So enjoy the panel. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. Test, test, test. Okay, good. And we got sound. That's fantastic. My name is Randy Andrews, and uh, I do a soundtrack podcast called Soundtrack Alley. And um, with me today is Tim Benson, uh, who does Omaha Bound. Uh, entertainment. Hey, can everybody hear me? Can you guys hear me? All right, then I run. Okay. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm all about. <laughs> I just I make uh, cool books. I work with creators to to make kind of a limited to one or limited to two type of uh, books for creators and individuals. So and then I've been on the show um, once, twice, twice, twice. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about doing a lot as long as you can <laughs> let me. So. Yeah, and. You know, thinking about today, uh, what is this panel about? It's about soundtracks. And, I mean, we've got uh, some great things about soundtracks. Part of the movie is the soundtrack. Um, Boy, I totally lost script here. I got a job here and I failed. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about soundtracks uh, throughout the panel. We're going to. Um, do a couple things. We're going to talk about movies. Uh, we're going to talk about music in movies, so both uh, instrumental and uh, what's sung, like vocal music. Uh, and obviously, that's the name of the panel. And then uh, we're going to do some trivia throughout the, the panel. So how trivia works is we'll ask a question. Maybe there's something on the screen. Uh, name this movie type of thing. And you say, hey, I know the answer. Um, and then you win. Uh, so we've got some soundtracks and a bunch of comics and books uh, over here. So at the end of the panel, if you won, um, come pick out a prize and we'll go from there. So um, we're going to hope that this works with the audio. All right. So, okay. So we're going to do the first okay. trivia question. Yep. Uh, first trivia sure question for us. Rules. We're talking about a soundtrack versus a score here. So, you know, with it, um, you know, we want to make sure everybody understands it. Uh, first trivia question. 
do. Um, so uh, Joe Rosky was picked up to do you know, Dune, the movie, and it all tanked, like fell apart. So it didn't happen. They made a movie about it that was cool. Uh, but who was the next director that was assigned in the back? David Lynch, I'm going to give you credit for trying. He was the third. Yeah, right? Trick question. Ridley Scott. There we yep. go. Yeah, Ridley Scott came on board to do Dune. Um, okay, we got signed. We got signed. Um, <laughs> he took a bunch of those creative people for the Dune that didn't happen, and they made Blade Runner, which is almost as good as Dune. Yeah. And at the yeah. end, um, you know, everybody's going to get a prize. Who is ever in uh, here? So you, gets you both got it. Uh, yeah. And then, um, so that's that's the thing is at the end you can come up and get a prize. Uh, all right. So since this panel is about soundtracks, we look at the way soundtracks are used in a movie. Sometimes they're used very well, like in say this movie. You know. It's only 10 seconds. <laughs> but one thing is nice is that they try to pair it well with the movie, like with movies like Captain Marvel and other movies. With a soundtrack, you get a variety of vocals and different uh, songs in the film. And they could be previously recorded songs like Guardians of the Galaxy. Or they could be new songs or newer songs from different films. I didn't realize it was going to do that. That's uh, true 90s music right there. Yeah. The distortion was And all these, all these songs are used in connection with the movie uh, to convey certain emotions. Like you feel it when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy or even with Captain Marvel. Um, some of the music adds to the story and character development, and then it relies on that familiar music to carry you through. Now, some music can be used to cheer for the good guy, build up emotions, uh, and really see how the music moves through that movie. And then some directors have direct control over that music, and then some producers do. Either way, both have the audience to carry that film, to really show that emotion in the, in the movie, uh, song. But it's like, where does that song fit in the movie? And some examples of that would be Back to the Future. Um, but here's our next trivia question. Uh, what is the, oh, this is yours. <laughs> I don't feel particularly loyal to this song. So. <laughs> Best uh, selling soundtrack of all time. This is this is a tricky one. It came out before 2000. You got a guess? Vibrant? Titanic? Titanic? Matrix? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump? No. Oh? Star Wars, if you, I bet if you combine them all, they would, but no. Kevin Costner, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. It's not fiction. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> um, 20 yeah. million units. 20 million. Uh, you remember number two? Oh, boy. No, it's like 
way down. Yeah, it's like, way it's down. bodyguard, and then everybody else. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. Uh, so we skipped something real quick. I just want to throw this out there. Oh, yeah, go um, So we're going to use the terms soundtrack and score all A the lot. time, yep. and we're not going to use them accurately. So I'm going to throw this out there. Um, so soundtrack is bodyguard style, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Um, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yep. They're the, the songs with vocals. They're you know, songs you've heard, you know, um, they're sung. Um, scores are all instrumental. Yep. Most movies have uh, An instrumental score. Yeah. Uh, but score is the instrumental pieces. Um, soundtrack would be the like, popular version of them. Um, yeah. But for ease of use, we're going to probably use soundtrack more often, but yeah. we're going to use it for both. So. Yeah. And sometimes you have a movie that has an established soundtrack or score, but the score isn't like composed from someone that's modern day. Like you have a soundtrack that's composed by a composer a hundred years ago. Um, it could be like a classical piece that's used in a film, such as Let's see if this works. 2001 Space Odyssey. That's one of the main thing that most people think of with 2001 is the established classical piece of music. Then we ought to see if the bass can be turned down on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that, was, so that was 1968, uh, so. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, no, the, the music, uh, yeah, so scores, you can have uh, newly composed music. Yep. So they hire a, a composer to make music based on the movie. Or, or they, sometimes they'll just use old music, such as yeah. songs like 2001, and then you have stuff like Manchester by the Sea, which Lindsay Barber, um, Leslie Barber, excuse me, she would kill me if I'd said that. Uh, she composed music for Manchester by the Sea, and the reason she didn't get a full Academy Award for it was because she used there was use of classical music still in that score. And then you've got music like Age of Innocence, Fantasia 2000, that's another one, and, and The Truman Show. He used a lot of music from Philip Glass, and so, you know, it could be something like that, you know, newly composed music in a film, but also using the classical piece of music. So, but then you get some really well-known music that is very familiar and still classic, but not the same. I gotta work on that. Hang on. Oh, well, he's gonna talk about this. So, uh, so John Williams, obviously, did Superman. He was brought in shown the movie um, or given pieces of the movie and produced the music to fit the movie uh, versus using you know, classical work where you're selecting you know, music that's out there to fit the movie. So uh, both of them are used pretty regularly. Um, John Williams you know, is known for the kind of you know, the recognizable beats. Um, we talked about on the way down too. Um, he's also somebody who pretty regularly um, uses the, the lack of music to, to have an effect. So uh, complete silence adds a lot of tension um, just as effectively as music when it's used properly. So was that, um, what movie was that he did? 
he did Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Jurassic yes. Park was one. Um, he's done it in several of his films, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, there's a very specific piece of action that happens where they're doing the tank battle and uh, there's no music. And then all of a sudden, at a certain point in the movie, you have the tank blow off a car off the front of the tank and then the music starts up and you get that great score that that John Williams feel to the movie so uh, it's you know it's there's a difference and then there's movies like Jackie that uh, the composer Makachu I think that's right um, she composed a score that was outside of the movie she didn't even see a note of the screen of anything of that movie and so she composed her own piece of music which was like 50 minutes long and they had it edited it throughout the movie and it just didn't work so okay um did, did you know we don't have a prize for this one no i'm just nope. gonna talk nope. um so <laughs> right. so i've learned about a lot about music since i've been on the um, the show and been kind of listening to it most people really don't notice the music, especially the score, until you're exposed to it in some, some way. We'll talk about that more later, but, um, so 2001 ended up using the existing classical music we talked about earlier, but Alex North had been hired and composed music for the entire film, um, which is a ton of work. And yeah. then they just decided to cut it and use stuff, other stuff that existed. Um, he found out you know, on his way to the movie theater. When he went to the theater. The movie. Yeah. Um, so he's hired, he did the job. Um, is it available? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can so, get it. It's um, it's rare, but so you can get it. body of work, yeah. but at the end of the day, they decided it wasn't right for the movie um, and made the change. And I mean, the little bit I've heard from Alex North's uh, work, um, I, I don't know that we'd all know that scene in 2001 that we just played a clip quite from. Quite well, yeah. If we had not used that music. So, yep. um, definitely a bonus look. So, trivia? All right. Yeah, so this is, uh, which is used more frequently? A soundtrack or a score? Yes. That is absolutely correct. And yes, this image is an oxymoron because it's both. <laughs> Yeah, every, pretty much every movie has a score, and then some of them add the soundtrack for, for whatever marketing or um, you like Guardians of the Galaxy it has a story element to it. Yep. Um, and things like The Crow mixes both. They're like, yeah, we can probably sell the soundtrack really well by bringing these like grunge bands, um, and then they incorporate it into the movie as well. So a lot of reasons to choose one or the other. Um, so that brings up. So I want to talk about. Um, the type of soundtrack or score where they're like, let's bring in a band or a popular musician to do something like Daft Punk. If, so who's seen Tron Legacy? Alright, okay. and who's uh, heard Daft Punk before right now? Mm. Right. I don't know that it gets much better of a, a perfect fit. Like, if I'd seen the movie, I would have been listening to Daft Punk in my head. Um, so. They bring in uh, a band or a musician, and sometimes it's perfect, like Tron yeah, Legacy. Yeah, like sometimes this. Sometimes, sometimes it's different. I can't fix it. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I Sorry, it might be that. Song anyway. No. Yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor is <laughs> awesome. This is a great uh, score 
Independence, uh, and then yeah, sure. you mix it into the, <laughs> the movie. Um, Randy and I will disagree on this. It won yeah. the Academy Award for best score, uh, but Randy doesn't think it was very good. <laughs> I don't um, think so. But listen to it on its own. It's awesome. It's like the best elevator music ever made. Uh, so, but yeah, um, yeah. He shows uh, Trent Reznor shows he's versatile. Other times, I'm gonna bash on it now. But Dune, you bring in like Toto. Toto. Yep. It wasn't great. Um, I, mean, I enjoy the score to, to Dune, and I love the movie. But it's an example of like these guys were awesome musicians who maybe hit or miss on whether they were effective in the score, so. Yeah, and then you have a most recent Academy Award winner, Ludwig Göransson. Um, he did, he, he won the Academy Award for best score this year, which is super awesome. Uh, first Marvel movie ever to win an Academy Award for best score, uh, which is super sweet. What's and, great about this is they brought in Ludwig Goranson, yeah, um, and, and then, he did so much with that score. Like he brought in tribal, he brought in R and B, he brought in um, yeah, he also, other elements. Um, Ryan Johnson, right? Um, yeah. When he hired Ludwig, um, also said, "Yeah, you're so. also working with Kendrick Lamar, and the two yeah. of you are going to produce this." I mean, they produced a soundtrack and a score, uh, but the two of them worked collaboratively on both. Um, so. This the transitions are seamless. The work is perfect. Um, and funny story with um, Ludwig is when he was called, um, it was pretty open that Black Panther was not. I mean, it was going to be primarily uh, black, African American, African um, actors, producers. I mean, it was a strong um, team there. And he's like, I'm, I'm German or Swedish. I forget. He's like, I'm European. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, that's why we've got Kendrick Lamar. We want your uh, your history and experience to, yeah. to mesh well. So, and so it was a really good thing that he was able to win best score this year, which was phenomenal. And if you haven't listened to that score, you need to. It's really good. All right. So trivia question: uh, Which came first, uh, the Black Panther character or the Black Panther party? Character came first, um, beat it by a couple months, um, so July, yep. July, July to October. October. Uh, bonus question, because we love Black Panther here. Um, who created the character? Jack um, Kirby. Jack Kirby? Steve Zuko. Steve Zuko. Um, I'm giving credit to Kirby, <laughs> so you win, but there is some healthy debate. Um, definitely Kirby. Yeah. Um, Stan Lee. Stanley. For sure, um, but when you work in an office, you get things like Ditko an influence on it in the same way that Kirby influence on Spider-Man. So, all three of you win, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Black, what issue of Black Panther, or did he appear first in Marvel Comics? Now this is a later issue, so it's not actually the issue that so he appeared in. of Black Panther? Yeah. Um, I don't know what issue. <laughs> yeah. Any idea? I saw a flash over here. I apologize. You can yell out because I'm not going to see it. <laughs> 52. That's right. So, fantastic for. Oh. Okay. So, here's a question. Now, how many of you listen to podcasts? 
Okay. All right. Well, I, as I said, I do a podcast. It's called Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. And uh, here's a question for you. What movie should I do next? I'm currently working in my way through the 80s. Any ideas? Huh? Fanboys. Fanboys? Mm, no. Oh. <laughs> we won't shoot them all down. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, I haven't done any horror. You. I haven't done Beetlejuice yet. I should do Beetlejuice. Genre and else, yeah. The original Transformers animated soundtrack. I watched that just a month or so ago. Go ahead. Boondock Saints. No. I have my limits. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually did that uh, once on my previous, like, I'm I'm reintroducing some of my older episodes of Soundtrack Alley onto Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, and um, I did a series of uh, my podcasts for, like, four different films that I covered, Terminator, and uh, so a few of those I'm probably going to cover. Who's going to do it? Who wins? Oh, you have another one? We did Alien together. So. Yeah, did Star Trek two with uh, with a guy by the name of Eric Woods. Um, Eric Woods runs Cinematic Sound Radio, and I also do a little bit part on that network called Anime Spectacular. So, you might check out that show. Yeah. I need to do that. So uh, we got some Bill Conti fans here. So that's great. All right, which one is it? You got to pick one. Which one are you going to I think I'm going to start with, like, Beetlejuice. All right, Beetlejuice. <laughs> okay, so here's the next trivia question. Uh, this film composer won four Golden Globes, seven BAFTAs, 21 Grammys, five Oscars, 48 Oscar nominations, and he's second only to Walt Disney. Who is he? be correct. Anybody guess what that is? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so... Bonus question on John Williams, because that was, that was easy, right? Um, what was his first Oscar? Or what was the movie? Was it? Color Purple? No. no. It's, it's old. It's 1960s. Any ideas? It's a musical. It's a musical. Does that help? All right. As a fiddler. <laughs> we'll give it away. <laughs> fiddler on the roof. Uh, oftentimes, people don't know that he was credited for the score of that film, but he was also credited for the music direction for that movie. So, pretty awesome stuff. Um, all right, let's move along. All right. You want to do this one? Oh, yeah. Uh, first, this film composer's first claim to fame was Pretty Woman. And yep. then he went on to do some other, other things. I was going to say better movies. But yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, any guesses who that is? This was one of his first. So, he wasn't well known at the time. So, before you flip, okay. Literally yell out any composer you know, and you probably got a good shot. What was that? 
No, he's doing Doom though. I told yeah. him to talk about Doom all day. <laughs> any others? Anyone know any other composers other than John Williams? James Horner. James Horner. There we go. What was yours? There we go. Okay, I knew two before I started this. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep, James Horner. But it's not. Oh. It's, not. <laughs> it's James Newton Howard. Uh, so I, maybe I tricked you there. No. Okay. No, right. <laughs> oh, okay. So you know, James Newton Howard. He did films such as uh, Fantastic Beast. Um, he did Hunger Games, Mockingjay. You know, all the Hunger Games movies he did. Um, there's actually a compilation album that is music from all three of the films. Well, all four, but it's three films essentially. Waterworld, one of my favorites. And uh, like King Kong, uh, Lady in the Water. Um, he did I Am Legend. And, uh, and also, <laughs> fun trivia, he was the keyboardist for Elton John from 1975 to 1976. So that's, that's some pretty neat information. And here's another one. Okay, yeah, trivia question. I uh, <laughs> worked with a new wave band back in 77 called Bugles. Yeah. I don't know this question or answer. Yeah. And he was in the video, music video, video called The Radio Star. Which is shown here. Danny Nope. It's it would. Sad. Hans Zimmer. So, yeah. Um, so he went from like electronic synth back in. You know, Video Kill the Radio Star to uh, orchestral work uh, for like Driving Miss Daisy and like Batman vs Superman, Gladiator, yep. and those. several others. I mean, you know, he's got a huge list. So, all right. So, which acclaimed musician earned the best achievement in music Oscar nomination for How to Train Your Dragon in 2010? Who? Okay. Yes, that is correct. Wish we could fix that. <laughs> and so, you know, John Powell has done films like Ferdinand, um, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and even Solo. Um, if you haven't listened to the Solo score, you need to listen to that too. So, uh, he's done so much work, and, uh, well, yeah, it's just amazing. All right, so in 2015, we lost one of the greatest composers in film history. Uh, the composer presented music through color. He actually talked about it as color. It was an expression he always worked in. Uh, he had a strong relationship with director James Cameron. Uh, he had a love of flying. Uh, he gave a man his rocket to fly. He found a mouse his family. He gave a classic hero his mask and sword. And he presented the world of political intrigue to the common man. Who was it? That is correct. A bonus question. All right, so bonus question we named a ton of movies. Um, what is another movie, James Horner? It's a good one. Wow. Yeah, okay. that's, that's an old one. Oh yeah, Any it's on others? the list. Yep. 
Very well known. Star Trek 2. Come on, come on. Bring out some more. <laughs> what do you got? Huh? Yes. Yep, he did Avatar. Um, here's a brief list. Like he did Rathacon, he did Land Before Time, he did Aliens, he did Apollo 13, he did Avatar. He, the, his last movie, his final movie that he did was uh, The Magnificent Seven. And he worked with the director very closely and he sent the director seven different themes for that film. And before the film was finished, he died. Like he died in his plane crash. And so, you know, it was sad, but he was able to have his music into uh, The Magnificent Seven. Why are we bringing up this piece of music? Think about this very specifically is that Bishop's Countdown for the movie Aliens defined the action genre. Um, with this specific piece of music, they formed so many action pieces off this film score that it became the standard for what a lot of action movies went with, such as Braveheart, Batman, Die Hard, uh, Red, Dread, um, Dark Knight, Jupiter Ascending, uh, Passengers, Atomic Blonde, um, so many other ones. James Horner had that influence on everyone, and really, it really even gave an emotional background to how action movies were presented. So, um, one of the things I like to talk about is that there was a very specific documentary about James Horner that is uh, called The Life and Music of James Horner, and it's in three parts. It's, a, it's like a music documentary on a podcast, um, and it's on Cinematic Sound Radio. I'm still plugging that because I'm on that show. Uh, you can so listen. I know, it's not my show. It's not my show. However, it's really good, and you really need to check it out because it would provide... Uh, even more background into James Horner, and you would learn so much more about that actual thing. So Bishop's Countdown. Um, so different genre. Think about like horror movies, like Halloween. Um, you all know the sound or the music that comes on when the killer's about to be revealed or come around the corner. Um, we all know that music, because, and it's like noticed by us because there's usually nothing else going on. It's a pretty quiet moment. Um, they very deliberately build that up. James Horner's Bishop's Countdown, there's a ton of stuff going on, mm -hmm. um, but that music is just as important to the like action genre um, as that noticeable horror music. So um, it just takes a, takes a step back to notice some of the impact the music has. Um, you, have, you have the impact emotionally, um, but not always conscious. So. Yeah, so now we're going to do some rapid-fire uh, guessing film and composer. Um, anyone can shout it out, okay? So, just to be clear, movie, um, and if you get yep. the composer, like, bonus, uh, yep. but shout out the movie, do you think do you come up with it? Yep. All right, so here's the first one. Can't fix that. I don't know how. <laughs> Try it. Let's see. Maybe it's the next one. 
Dance with bad speaker. Um. Yeah, that could really be. That could really be. Any of my guesses? Yeah, exactly. Bonus, it's Raymond Jawadi who did the score. Any guesses as to anything else that he's done? Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah, a few well-known things that he's done. All right, here's the next one. That's a little better. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, who's the score? I mean, who's the composer? Yep. Yeah. Yep, that is correct. All right, so here's the next one. This one's a little tougher. Yeah, it works. Anyone? Did you have a guess? Okay. No. It is a Jennifer Lawrence movie that that did like you know three. There were four. Four of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's James Newton Howard again. Uh, but uh, yeah, Catching Fire. Um, specific one so this next one everybody should get no problem <laughs> yep that's right so yeah and that's Alan Silvestri um, can anybody name another Alan Silvestri film okay yeah there you go any you got another one? Oh, okay <laughs> all right huh yeah yeah that's a most a lot of people ignore that movie because of the soundtrack, but the score is really great. It's really a good score. Do All right. Another one? Or? Yeah, I did. Yeah, for the score. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, who's the composer? Any guesses? All right, so here's a hint. Do you know who Kenneth Branagh is? <laughs> I hear a woo in there. So somebody knows Kenneth Branagh. This composer works with Kenneth Branagh all the time. So what's the name? Okay. It's Patrick Doyle. In fact, this was a Kenneth Branagh film for Thor. So. All right, here's the next one. <laughs> kind of. Oh, 15 minutes, okay. Well, we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> this one you're probably not gonna get. <laughs> Any guesses? Huh? No. It's actually Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's a hard one to get because that piece of music is called The Adventures of Mutt. So. We'll give it to you. <laughs> it's Desolation of Smog. But yeah, definitely. I think this is our last one. No, nope. two, two more. Is, yep. This is my next. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Any? Can you guess the composer? 
All right, it's Vangelis. Yep. Yeah. So this is the last one. You might not get it. Yeah, that's right. And it's Hans Zimmer. So, all right. So briefly, we're gonna go into a couple of these for dissecting a scene. The main one that I want to cover is um, this first example, and it's regarding Superman, and especially the scene where he's saving Lois um, from the helicopter. So we're going to briefly play the clip, and then uh, we'll talk about this scene. It's supposed to do it. Yep, here we go. How long is it? It's three minutes. But you can hear it, the buildup of the actual music that John Williams used for what was going on. Isn't the greatest movie, but its score stands stands the test of time. Hey, and it's being recorded too, so. So the music builds up and just like perfectly woven into the movie where there's a moment, um, the, just the right. Where you get the right emotion for the scene. See, John Williams really knew how to build that uh, with the audience. And then, like with John Williams, he would watch the film as he was working with the scoring of it and uh, would really find areas that it would work for the score and not only that, but other things. So, but we'll stop for yes, now. Yes, and so for time, we're going to skip through the rest of these, but just to highlight them, John Williams again, um, the greatest um, the burning homestead, burning Star homestead. Wars, like whether you like the movie or not, you're gonna get you know the, the shivers. Yep. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. It uh, it has a deep emotional impact because it's regarding like Burke's or not Burke, Hiccup's father's death, and uh, it's really yeah his name is Hiccup. You haven't I seen know, it yet, yeah. so. And then uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yep. Um, is another the new the new one. Um, has some great music. So, um. so any uh, any comments or questions? And if, even if you don't, you can watch you can watch a movie and really appreciate the score better um, by even being here. Um, so I want to throw out one question. Anybody brave enough to say it? Like, uh, when is the first time um, you ever noticed the music to a movie? And if you name the movie, if you remember it, Tron. Tron. Yeah. The original or Tron Legacy? Legacy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gladiator. Gladiator. Oh yeah. Hans Zimmer. I know, I know Star Trek: The Original Series. That's how old I 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those hounds, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, but certain films have that buildup of emotional value that a person's invested in. What? Oh, there you go. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I'd have to look it up because oh, I don't remember. It's well, it's been a while. <laughs> so. So Randy, what was what was yours? What my first first, first movie? Notice the music. Notice the music. You're well, like, well, I like this movie because of the music. Oh, um, that's a tough one. I'd have to also say Back to the Future. Yeah. Because of the buildup of like elements of the clock tower scene and even the first time you see the DeLorean and when it first disappears and uh, just different elements of that film uh, really hit me on an emotional level that just built it up for me so uh, yeah and uh, definitely you know take another look at movies that not only have uh, soundtrack but also a score and really think about how think about the work that they went into so uh, it's a lot of fun to really think about it and uh, enjoy it so yeah Mine, uh, I want to say Star Wars <laughs> and then I want to say um, Dune but it was really about a boy yeah yeah it's like a 90s chick flick So yeah, um, you're welcome to come get a prize. Anyone that's here gets anything. We have uh, comics. We've got a few soundtracks uh, that we're giving away. Um, one vinyl album. So. So I'll plug it because he won't. Um, so oh, soundtrack uh, alley. Yeah, I did. Uh, again, soundtrack yeah. alley. Soundtrack alley uh, spotlight. spotlight. That's what it is. Check out on uh, iTunes, Podbean. Um, definitely check it out. Um, in fact, this past Friday, I re-played uh, our episode with Dune. The best so, episode. So you're gonna have to check that one out. So. All right. Thank you. Anyone All right. Wants thanks to hang so much. Talk about Dune. I will. Miller has got some prizes. Thank you. Yep. Welcome back. So during the panel, we used various songs from different films. There are two specific cues from Dune I'd like to share first, and I hope you enjoy them. One is the main theme of Dune, and the other is called Arrival at Arrakis. Enjoy!
Next, I'd like to share just two cues from Back to the Future. One is the main theme, and the other is the clock tower cue, which is absolutely amazing. I hope you enjoy these as well.
Sadly, we've come down to another end of Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I'd like to thank Alexander Shebel for composing Soundtrack Alley's theme music. You can find his work at xanderscores.com. Lastly on the show today, I'd like to present a rapid-fire sequence of the cues that were used during the 10 guesses for the composer and movie. The breakdown will be Iron Man by Raymond Jawadi, Enterprising Young Men by Michael Giacchino, The Hunger Games' Catching Fire by James Newton Howard, Thor, the main theme by Patrick Doyle, The Adventures of Mutt by John Williams, Erebor by Howard Shore from The Desolation of Smaug, The Main Theme to Blade Runner by Vangelis, Docking from Interstellar by Hans Zimmer, and two bonus, The Arena from Tron Legacy by Daft Punk, and Bishop's Countdown from Aliens by James Horner. I hope you've enjoyed this show. Check me out on social media by Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I'm on Spotify. Watch the blog, SoundtrackAlley.net, and email me at SoundtrackAlley at Yahoo.com. So until next time, happy listening.
minus 34 to 46.
Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I hope you've enjoyed it, and if you're on iTunes, please rate and review the show. It really helps Soundtrack Alley Spotlight get noticed. Thanks. Thanks.